So, you want to hear a story, huh? <laughs> Have I got a story for you? I was over here minding my own business when suddenly. I don't friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. Who put that crab there? Crab? I didn't see any crab. Don't tell me there were two crabs. They work in pairs. You better have a damn good explanation for this. No, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Hello, hello. Welcome to Let the Dice Roll. I'm Banjo. I'm Rasmus there. And welcome to our podcast about gaming. Excuse me. And that, not... that swallow of old monk triple x rum oh jeez fiery than i expected wow wow this is the podcast um, where i explain my drinking habits to the entire world and occasionally <laughs> talk about table yep well not just table play <laughs> i feel like the past couple episodes have been all about like oh here's our online world of darkness experience and also here's my drink that i'm drinking <laughs> <laughs> you're right well no the, to be fair the only reason i explained that one was because i was like hi i'm banjo oh god i'm dying on the inside oh my lungs are burning oh jesus and I felt like I felt like <laughs> that required. Uh, I yeah, apologize. I deeply apologize. Um, I would say we could cut that out, but when are we ever going to actually cut anything out? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, our like production that. value is not that high. <laughs> it's it's less the production value and more about the uh, the flow of the conversation. I think. Yes, the first playthrough, like <laughs> the natural flow of the conversation. Yeah, and, and for I, the past few, <laughs> yeah, and I think that kind of like adds to the fever. Yeah, I'm also prepares us for if we ever do a. So, yeah, well, we keep talking about this live show, but you know, really, we should probably like get a couple of these, and you know, I don't know, like let's let the people to us. Oh yeah, of course, but I have to subliminally uh, put the live show idea. Oh, do one for it, of course. Right. Oh, right, because because back back, however many thousands of episodes ago, there was that that whole <laughs> premonition of I have looked into the future, and our future <laughs> selves have said, have told us, yes, do the live show. <laughs> but and who cares? Yes. Um, <sighs> so, my dear co-host friend Raspather, uh huh, we've been spending an awful lot of time in the world. Of- yes. The jury place. Even in the last episode, it was all about changelings, even though about a uh, Mr. Redcap. But anyway. <laughs> the irony is that changelings, like like we've just previewed, <laughs> like we discussed, are normally cheery and helpful and like, hey, glitter and rainbows and beauty and all this pretty things. We somehow <laughs> managed to find the one story that was about <laughs> stealing... <laughs> And violence, <laughs> and messing with people, and just general, like, bad... Well, we had to keep the theme of the world of dark somewhere. <laughs> I, I guess. But anyway, on tonight's episode, we want to talk about positive things. like, like uh, And the rainbow is still involved, too. 
Oh my god, you're right, it is. I didn't realize. Wow. That's, a hor- that's a rather horrifying thought, actually. Yeah. And it's not horrifying because it's a rainbow. It's horrifying because of the connotation. Yes. Well, today, dear listeners, uh, we're wearing our uh, white jumpsuits. Or white suits? Really? Yeah, no, our 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 shiny whites with our, our, our shiny uh, shiny white white suits. sport coats and white ties and white shirts <laughs> and white pants everything everything white Just yeah everything white. because we want to bring a bright happy feel to the place um, largely because we're talking about the word yes yeah. as in hey can I do this thing yes you yes. can player absolutely and also yes my friend computer. Oh dear, are we going down that road? Well, the rainbow's involved. It is involved. It's all brightly colored. And friend computer can't possibly be bad because friend computer is our friend. We love friend computer. Yes. This episode <laughs> has been sponsored by Alpha Complex, Friend Computer, and all the associated goodness that comes with Friend Computer and living in Alpha Complex, which has never, ever, ever had anything go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, was, that, was that too soon? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. All right, <clears throat> listeners. We are we are talking tonight about paranoia. Yeah. Yes. Everyone is out to get you. <laughs> they really are. Indeed. <laughs> paranoia is a game uh, that came out a, quite a long time ago because God forbid yeah. we actually research any of this stuff. And it's essentially a—it's uh, not a—it's not a post-apocalyptic game. It's a game where you, friend, fellow listener, and player—an occasional player, I'm hoping—get to play a troubleshooter. The uh, the world in which you are shooting said trouble is Alpha Complex, which is a self-sustaining. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. It's a self-sustaining <laughs> complex that is run by friend computer. Mm-hmm. However, uh, there's well, no, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with friend. He knows what everyone needs in Alpha Complex. He knows that the uh in the black suited infrared uh infrared people help maintain and clean the facilities and then the red in the red jumpsuited troubleshooters help fix any problems that might arise with anything in the complex of of communism, uh, treasons of any type of variety, or those untrustworthy, very communist mutants. Mm. So, <laughs> all joke, all joking and innuendo aside, because really that's what I was trying to get to at some point. Uh, Alpha Complex in the lore has been is basically a computer-run, self-sustaining colony right yes so Mm -hmm. it's contained what 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 we know about is that it's contained yes um there are walls and ceiling and everything is generally well lit and run by the ai friend computer 
who yes. does not specifically well. has a gender, although you and I typically have said, well, you said him. I don't remember ever ascribing a particular gender. Uh, it was always just friend, computer, genderless. Yeah. So yes. Out of game canon is that Alpha Complex mm-hmm. has been running since 214, the unit of time known as 214. I believe those are year cycles. But I can't okay. remember. It's pretty generic. Like it's always been pretty yeah. generic. There's a day cycle. There's a night cycle. Months. Yeah. Everything is well, a cycle, right? It's a cycle. Yeah. Even though that's kind of arbitrary because you're inside a complex and no one's ever been outside the complex right. in, in paranoia. F- in fact, knowledge of the outside is treason. Yes. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen and listeners, that gender themselves as neither or other or mm-hmm. whatever. We are agnostic to that. Everything in Alpha Complex ends up being treason. Yes. And your mission as a troubleshooter is to shoot the trouble. Yes. Treason. And by the way, being a mutant member of a secret society is treason. Guess what you are? Rasputin, would you like to take a guess at uh, what every single player uh, in Paranoia is? Well, let's see. Of course, you're all troubleshooters. Uh-huh. Of course, being clones and all that fun stuff. Of course, oh, you're right. some type of mutant. Uh-huh. And also, just to figure out what's going on beyond the Alpha Complex, uh-huh. you're also part of a secret society. So, yes. <laughs> I did neglect to mention that. you Alpha Complex has a very sophisticated set of systems to basically run the place. Effectively, everyone is a clone. There are no original human-like beings (laughs) in Alpha Complex. Everyone is a clone. Now, as we know, when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy for 214 year cycles, there are going to be mistakes. Yes. So, let's start at the beginning. There is a clearance, a security clearance level, Roy G. Biv. Yes. Yeah, Roy G. Biv, right? Yep. Infrareds are like the peons. They're wear, they wear black yep. jumpsuits. They are drugged and basically programmed to do menial tasks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Red are mm-hmm. in Roy G. Biv are the troubleshooters. You have been, you have been taken off the drugs, which have basically made you functional throughout your entire life. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> you get no other benefits other than congratulations. You're no longer on the drugs that are keeping you mm-hmm. safe, sane, and happy. Except you have to be safe, sane, and happy to go fix problems. Yep. Orange is a step above that. You get slightly better privileges. Yeah. So green, yellow, blue, uh, violet, and then ultraviolet. Uh, I want to go back to blue for a second. Blue is also typically where internal security lives yes so like the the alpha complex security forces are at our blue clearance mm-hmm. uh i think there's like yellow hit squadrons too and there's a bunch of like something but yeah blue is typically int sec internal security yeah violet's pretty much run the place they're like the uh-huh. the vice presidents of alpha complex um then, i think 
Green is also R&D, I think. Uh, they can be. Oh, that's the starting of R&D. Right. The, yeah, if you're green, you're probably in R&D. We'll get into, like, the whole... Yeah. Into the, the, the deeper structure, but ultra. if you're yeah. ultraviolet, you literally help to program the computer. Yep. Usually what that means is hacking the hell out of it to take advantage of every little amenity and everything you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, in Paranoia, everyone starts at security level red. Correct. And nine times out of ten, or even 9.99999 out of ten, they don't make it out of red clearance. Correct. You think having clones, you you eventually get out of the rut. Right. No. And that kind of brings us to the crux of the problem. As a red-level clone... Well, yeah, as a red-level clone... So first of all, players in the game... Or generally speaking, people get six clones. Yes. That's it. A six pack. You get a six pack of clones. That's it. If all of your clones die, they're dead. You no longer exist as, a, as an entity within Alpha Complex. Yes. Therein lies the rub. Uh, to give you the really short version, I went through an entire six pack of clones in one session. Mind you, this session was, what, 40 minutes? <laughs> yeah, it was a short session. It was a 40-minute session. I killed six of my characters in 40 minutes. Yep. In fact, Paranoia is such a complicated game that we'll probably have to do an entire episode just explaining what the hell is going on. But for now, yes. that's enough. That's what we've covered should be enough background, and we'll fill in detail. As we go along the way, yeah. But the whole point of this episode was to talk about saying yes. Yes. So several iterations, I think dating back to the original one in 90-something? 1986, when the game was introduced. I was going to say 87. Uh, Actually, hold on. I'm sorry. As I read this Wikipedia here. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Live Upon Air, let's see. It was actually first published in 1984 by West End Games. Yes, I remember that. And then eventually Mongoose... I was only two when this game was first published. (laughs) Damn! (laughs) I know. (laughs) Okay, so the original version was 1982, and then Paranoia XP came out in early Uh, 2000-something? Probably, yeah, it looks like it might be 2004-ish. And and, and that was basically my first introduction. Paranoia XP, don't ask what the XP stands for, you're not cleared for it, because... No. God forbid, why are you cleared for anything? Security, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you're not cleared to know what XP stands for. And I had a lot of fun with it. I'm like, oh man, this is hilarious. It's a very mm-hmm. friendly, cheeky game where you're pretty much expected to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are not supposed... Like, if you succeed in your mission, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well... That's kind of the general feel that I get from the game. Well, for Paranoia... It's like any tabletop RPG. It can be played in any different way. But typically, but typically, our experience, our mutual experience has been what I think what they call is the zap style of uh, game, which basically uh, pretty much there's only one session and everyone's going to (laughs) die. There's going to be no clones left 
in the game. Do you remember what ZAP stands for? Uh, let's see. Well, it, well I think as was, I still... I put ZAP gaming into the DuckDuckGo search and it was like, paranoid <laughs> role-playing game. Ha-ha! I'm like... Oh, uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, as Paranoia XP defines Zap is a slapstick game with no claims of making sense, a little effort, and little effort at satire. Zap represents Paranoia as a popularly understood troubleshooters who open fire on each other with little to no provocation. Right. Yeah, so basically the whole point of it is to goof around, have fun, be quick, shoot a bunch of stuff, and be... Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's pretty much how we play it. Yeah. That's pretty much how we play it. I think that's basically how, almost the canon style of play. Yeah. Thomas, because most folks that have ever heard of Paranoia are like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, the, like if you're if you're winning, you're doing something. If you're succeeding, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Kind of, like slapstick. Like. And so jumping forward a bit, there was yeah. a 2016-2017 Kickstarter from yes. Mongoose Publishing. Mm-hmm. Who currently owns the rights to Paranoia, and they came out with a new version. Uh, yeah, Paranoia. Uh, let's see, the one I kickstarted was the Ultraviolet Edition. The Wikipedia name is Paranoia Rebooted Kickstarter Funded Edition. You know, basically, it's just short for Paranoia, right? Because yeah. Paranoia XP. There was a 25th anniversary, and then there's. In that version, I went with the ultraviolet backing with the director's cut. So I yeah. got a nice hour and a half something content. Basically, the writers explaining how they came up with this version of Paranoia. Okay. And they really kind of are, they're really expecting people to go with the zap style of play. That cheeky, fun, sure, you, yeah. can, you can make it further. Okay, to be fair, their mission book expects you to get beyond mission one. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. in our case, Rasputin would be a freaking miracle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's just how our, uh, let's see, our, the GM that we played under, how he ran it. Right, and that's a great way to run it because there's, oh, yeah. there's like literally zero commitment. It's the hey, this all of my clones are going to die at some point. I might as well make the best. Yep, of them. and this is a great um, it's like a great palate cleanser between Absolutely. campaigns. Absolutely, because you can literally just not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they're, they're like don't even bother don't even bother making a backstory or character. Because... <laughs> yeah. Um, but going back to the whole Kickstarter thing, so I was listening to the to to the director's cut stuff, and um, one of the one of the things that really stuck out to me was <laughs> the fact that they basically came straight out and said, "Look, don't ever say no." And what did they mean by that? Well, they literally mean let your players do what your players want to do. Yes. If they ask a question, if they can do something, say yes. <laughs> because it's going to make better story and Yes. They were also they also made a joke about like the the GM screen. It's like, look, we seriously considered putting like so the front of the GM screen has all the decorations and there's actually some really paranoia specific stuff, but I'm not gonna <laughs> go into that. They were like, We honestly thought about putting make shit up on the GM facing <laughs> side of the screen. That's just how the game goes. <laughs> If you hate cardboard cutouts, do not set up, right? Because it's asking for a bad time. <laughs> like, yeah. 
if you try to plan this game and expect players to go through a bunch of sequential tasks, just forget it because it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't care who your players yeah. are. And this is a theme that, that probably fits most <laughs> games, honestly, because players will yeah. never, ever, ever, ever follow your schedule. <laughs> nope. I have yet to run a game that has ever gone to the plan that I put forth in my head. God forbid I write down a full campaign. This is just <laughs> like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if the players did this, then this, then this? Never, ever, 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 ever yeah. had. And, and folks out there, just imagine uh, being a GM and a tabletop uh, is trying to lead a herd of cats. Oh, absolutely. And that's it's the perfect way to say it. It's a herd of dyslexic blind defects that don't know how... <laughs> That think they're dogs, even. <laughs> and that's coming me as, a, and that's coming from me as a player. <laughs> but anyway, so the, the, never always but, say yes. That's why I always say yes because even leading a herd of cats. Just say yes. They'll fu- right. they'll they'll make their own cat videos out of it. <laughs> and the whole re- and the whole reason that just saying yes, especially in the context of paranoia, really works is because it it gives you more reason to kill the crap out of your players. Yes, it is. This paranoia is probably the one game in the entire universe. So let's 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 backtrack for a second most rpgs are about telling a good story yes. right there's usually no us versus them the gm and the players are all trying to collaborate to tell a better yeah. story nah all <laughs> no. those notions go straight out the window paranoia it's gm versus the players yep the players are trying to accomplish a thing the gm is trying to kill everybody yes that is pretty much canon like i'm not even kidding i bet i could go into the kickstarter rules and be like gm here's how you win at paranoia <laughs> well i think there is actually a gm manual <laughs> no, <laughs> like here. yeah no there's yeah, so, separated so the yeah. paranoia <laughs> ultraviolet edition was a limited kickstarter box set i think you can still get the box set but it's not the kickstarter right yeah so like it that. includes the the player's guide Mm-hmm. Which, for once, the players can actually read. <laughs> yeah, read the whole book. To explain that, basically in Paranoia XP, the players had security clearance to read like the first 10, 15 pages. After page 10, the players were not allowed to know anything. Like, on, it honestly said, stop reading now. This is for ultraviolet level eyes only. Yeah. Knowledge of the rules is treason. They kind of got rid of that in the Kickstarter edition, but the player's version is definitely sanitized. Yeah. It is definitely sanitized in a way to match what the players should know as if they actually lived in Alpha Complex. Yeah, and if if I'm looking at this correct, it's actually one quarter the thickness of the Game Master Handbook. Yeah, that sounds about right. Of the actual... Yeah. So the full core set includes the player's handbook, mm-hmm. the GM guide, which basically uh-huh. says, hey, remember all that stuff you read in the player's handbook? Yeah, that's all bunk. Here's what the truth is. Here's what's actually going on, yeah. Um, and then there's also the guide to Alpha Complex gives you a back. Yeah. It gives you more little things to the story and also a uh, the mission book. Or at least mine came with a mission book. Right, that, you're right. So the, I guess there's four books. There's a mission book, but yeah, consider the horror. Well, it's a list of missions to help you 
ease your GMing way into how a mission would work in Paranoia. Right. So, so there's so basically, yeah. I forgot where I was going with this. Um. So essentially, like the GM guide basically is where it says, "Hey, this is you versus them." If you as a GM say yes to everything, it makes for more opportunities for the players to screw up. And when the things go bad in Alpha Complex, yeah. things go horribly, horribly, horribly bad. Yep. Clones die, things catch on fire, traitors get shot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it all is well at the end of the day because friend computer censors all of this. Yes. <laughs> Moving away from paranoia, from because uh-huh. as much as I want to just keep gushing over, it, gush, gush, yes. Saying yes, like <laughs> the reinforcement of the idea of not having paper cutout NPCs, can honestly make for a more fulfilling experience as a player and as a GM. Yeah. Because as a GM, again, we're putting paranoia aside for it. Make an ultimate goal for what you want the story to tell. And then come up with a intro. Like, yeah. How do you introduce the player? Yes. And introduce your players to the world, right. how they introduce themselves to each other, and so on and so forth. Right. A general and, and chapter God, one of any book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and God for and God forbid you're playing D D and you do you all meet in the Red Dragon Inn kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. It works, but yeah. Maybe make, come up with something new, right? Can my character be introduced in the king's court for having a fist fight with the jester because he was sleeping with the queen? Sure. <laughs> sure. Let's go. Hey, your character's about to be beheaded because you were sleeping with the queen and you had a fist fight with the jester because the jester called you out on your shit. <laughs> Isn't that way more interesting than, hey, you all meet in a bar. You all go kick the door down to the dungeon. You kill the bad guy. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you like that kind of story, oh yeah, all the more power to you. Oh, yeah. But, like, the second that the GM or the DM says no, you are immediately closing a door to an opportunity. Yeah. Sure, as a GM, you might have an ultimate plan, and you probably mm-hmm. should. Yes. But like, who say who says that your ultimate plan has to follow an exact path through the dungeon? Maybe they go around the dungeon. Oh yeah. Maybe going around the dungeon is actually more interesting because the dragons have realized, oh shit, all these asshole humans keep coming into our dungeon and s- stealing our stuff and trying to m- and murdering our kin. We should move. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, <laughs> hey, look, brilliant. There's a whole another plot out there waiting for you to explore. And all you got to do is say yes. Yep. Because quite honestly, like the more you let the dice talk for you, the more interesting thing get. Yes. Um, especially when the dice just let the dice roll <laughs> um, and let and just see how things work out. Unfortunately, I think that's a trope we're going to constantly come back and people are probably going to get annoyed by. Like, shut I up, know. we get it. That's why you called it the podcast. <laughs> I know. But it, that's, uh, yeah, but that's the key thing. That's, it's, yeah. that's why the tabletop RPGs are interesting half the time right. because... It's just when chance oh, yeah. is involved, fun stuff can happen. Right. Absolutely. Chance, chance is what makes it 
interest is what makes things interest. Yeah. It's like if there were if if because if you don't leave things to chance, you might as well write a yeah. novel and then have players just read from a script. <laughs> yes. Like in my personal opinion, that's boring as hell. Like, mm-hmm. great, blah blah blah. We killed Garthanen, the Dark Lord of Evil Doom stuff <laughs> oh congratulations we get a we get exactly 322 pieces of gold and the king is like really happy okay. hooray i guess we can move on to the next dungeon <laughs> and like i'm kind of of two worlds i'm hesitating in my words because okay as you know rasputin i hate rolling dice <laughs> I really hate rolling dice. I would much rather <laughs> yeah. be like, okay, Garthok the barbarian going to headbutt the door, break it in, and see what happens next. Right? <laughs> yeah. If we then rolled for him to basically literally headbutt the door and then he doesn't headbutt the door, okay, what happens? Great. He has a head he has a bit of a headache now. What's he gonna do? He's gonna try headbutting the door again. Like and again. And again and again until until he breaks the door with his freaking skull or like, passes out. It's so way more inter- like right. It's but the point is, it's like yeah, you can slow the game down by okay, roll roll strength and stamina to see if you pass out. Okay, yeah, roll, you know, shake, 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 roll. Okay, he does it. Can I? You know, can I? What's in the door? Oh, eight hundred billion goblins! Hooray! <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying I hate rolling, but I don't like it. When you can do things more cinematically. Yes. And games are better when they're cinematic. Saying yes is cinematic. Yes. <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's the idea of saying yes and also at the same time knowing when to ask for a role. Absolutely. There are and most of the games I tell you that, it's like, yeah, it's just you don't roll. Right. When there's ever there's a chance or there's a stressful situation, that's when you roll. When it's not stressful, you just let things slide and then just go go one way or another and just say yes to the direction that the players want to go to. Well, sometimes you'll say yes and let the players do what they yeah. want to do. But most of the time you'll probably say yes, roll it. You know? yeah. And then it's like, oh, hey, cool, I do the thing. And then it's like, all right, awesome, congratulations, you've just now fallen into a pit of deadly spikes, you are now dead. <laughs> Please, let's go to Jerry with the next character. Because <laughs> yeah. you got to start over, buddy. <laughs> and there are a few games that are like that. Uh, that you uh, you roll for everything, and you're you're Mr. Uh, it's Blender games like Paranoia. I also there's a game called Dungeon Crawl. That's a another Blender game. Uh, where you start off as level you start as like level zero farmers butchers <laughs> and things like that you you make yeah. a batch of three characters you run through the first dungeon whoever survives you actually become the first level of the class that you want to go to nice see i was i, I was thinking you were gonna go like the Hackmaster master right yeah, it's like uh, Hackmaster has a d1000 hit table yeah like what the hell like what the heck is up with that? I mean, I think on the hit table there is you have hit the you've hit the bugbear in the left eyebrow halfway to the nose but not quite to the temple. Yes. Like what? <laughs> yeah. But 
to be fair, Hackmaster is kind of one of those like making. It's almost a spoof game. Yeah, it's a yeah spoof slash parody game of it's, it's, of the classic Dungeon Crawl stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's making fun of Dungeon Crawl. So yeah, like obviously, don't go th- like don't go from one extreme to the other. Oh yeah, like unless you really want to. Do- whiplash yourself no, like that but no, you- no 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 but no there, there's no exception to the rule don't <laughs> don't just please for the love of gaming do not do this thing <laughs> this is ridiculous as a dm or gm or whatever the heck you call yourself <laughs> Just get into the habit of saying yes because it could provide a more fulfilling experience. Yes. That's really what I, that's the essential point that I'm trying to get across in this episode is if you say yes, the players feel like they're more in control. Hey, I can, this is a game where I can do whatever the heck I want. Awesome. Great. Are you physically capable of doing the thing that you want to do? Ah, who knows? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Let's let you do the thing, and you can learn why you don't do the thing. (laughs) Let's find out. (laughs) Right? It's like, let's find out why you do this thing or why you don't do that thing. But if you have a cardboard cutout world, you're not going to really find that because all of a sudden you as a GM are scrambling like, oh, uh, they weren't supposed to talk to <laughs> to Alice, the, the security guard outside the temple, because they were really supposed to talk to the peasant farmer that was outside of the town. Uh, well, uh, okay. Is well, is, it, it's fine to have a, as Banjo would describe, a cardboard cutout world. It's not a bad thing. But as a storyteller GM, just improv the rest. If they're going one direction, you can always make someone there or the person they need to speak with. They just happen to be over there. Yeah, no, that's 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 a just just roll with the punches. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a fact. Having a cookie cutter world is not a bad thing, uh, no matter how how harshly Banjo is saying it. <laughs> I'm not trying to come off as harsh necessarily. I'm just I'm trying to emphasize the point that. Gaming is more satisfying when you have less structure, because when you have less structure and less of a script, it allows for more opportunities to get where you want people to go. It's actually more of a social engineering experiment than anything else. Like, if I never say no to the players, on the back end of things, say, oh, crap, they did this thing, not (laughs) this thing. But that's cool because I have not set anything in stone. Therefore, if they talk to her first, she will direct them to the place where they actually need to go. And if they don't go where they actually need to go, well, shame on them because that person will eventually direct them, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you're not really railroad them because you're you're making them feel like they are in control yeah they're that they're in control and they have agency over the world by Um, saying yes you're giving the players sense of control without actually being able to direct every because yes at some point they're gonna want to go beat up some bad oh yeah right so you have to give them the incentive but oh yeah to do that Maybe they don't want to beat the bad guys right away. Maybe they do. Who cares? Just let them figure out what the consequences for certain actions are. Because, I don't know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. (laughs) Well, in the end, it's saying yes is a great way. Now, we're not saying not to plan ahead. or If you're that type of person to have every detail planned out, 
and know exactly what's going on in the world. It's just what we're trying to get across is uh, saying yes is not a bad thing and also just roll with the punches. Well, I mean, maybe you you might not be saying don't plan anything, but when I plan to run Paranoia, <laughs> because you will be a player in my Paranoia game, yeah. I guarantee it, um, because I know you've been wanting me to run Paranoia, the new version of Paranoia, forever and ever and ever and ever. I literally tell you and all the other players straight up, I am going to make shit up on the fly. <laughs> I will follow the, the director's cut advice, make shit up. <laughs> Do I have a plan on how to introduce you? Absolutely. Do I have a plan? Do I have an idea of how things are going to come out? Yeah, kind of. Do I have any idea how you're going to get there? Not a clue. That is entirely up to you guys. Oh, that's pro. Yeah, that is. That is that's pro- pro- yeah. Up to you. yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you going to get to the end? Yeah. How many clones are you going to buy? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I, I think what I'm trying to really get at here is that there's people out there who plan for everything, and there's people who just go on the fly. Absolutely. It's just, in general, in, in general, as I'm probably just, as a different way of saying it, just roll with the punches, yeah. just don't, the first plan you have set out, the players, nine times out of ten, are going to break it, or it's going to fall apart. All plans... Don't survive contact in the field. <laughs> All battle plans don't survive first contact in the field. Pretty much. And, and believe me, we like the next 15, 30 episodes could probably be, here's another story about when things didn't go to plan. Yeah. Oh, we have a whole bunch of those because uh, I'm, t- I'm telling you, Shadowrun. Oh, Shadowrun the- <laughs> is notorious. I, I like in our entire Shadowrun career uh, combined, Raspither and I could probably I, I could tell you on one finger how many times we've had a plan <laughs> that, that we, we actually like in character sat down, organized the plan and we're like, this is how we want to do this. It's probably not going to go this way, like in character. It's probably not going to go this way, but here's hoping, right? And then it actually, like everything went to plan almost as if like by some divine intervention, like divine intervention of the dice. (laughs) Yeah. Like this, this was not like the, 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 the GM like coddling us. No, no, no. This was the dice, like letting us roll perfectly when we needed to roll. Just, oh my God. Yes. The dice approved the plan. (laughs) The one time, like normally in Shadowrun and this eventually circles back to the whole say yes thing, but like normally what happens in Shadowrun, right? You're given a mission. Hey, go do this thing. Sure. You spend a little bit of time figuring out how to do that thing kind of like how to james bond your way in steal the diamond or whatever like the the information and then sneak out yep that is what you're supposed that is what the plan normally is and like, mm-hmm. there are usually like the the per, the the johnson mr and mrs johnson who give you the thing are like hey by the way try not to make a fuss <sighs> like that's how that's how shadowruns normally start Yes. <laughs> but I don't I, I will not speak for other groups, although the dump shock records <laughs> of other games pretty much confirm that this is a universal yeah. thing. <laughs> it goes from sneak in, steal the stuff, sneak out, get paid to yes. sneak in, get caught, start uh throwing grenades at all the doors. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. to clear an exit path, steal the thing, get the hell out with your lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I promised that this would circle back to the say yes, and that's part of it, right? It's <laughs> if we didn't say yes to the player to the, to the to the silly request that the players make and believe me as a player I'm going to see shit hitting the fan and be like oh my god I need to do something can I basically connect the dead dwarf to the power system to overload the power in the building to basically make a bunch of things explode <laughs> right it's like hey cool all right awesome it worked the whole building is now on fire but at least there's at least we're not the only problem in the building right now you know it's a it's a strong yeah. enough distraction that we can all at least get out <laughs> you <Yes>. know it's <laughs> like Mind you, that particular situation has not happened. However, I'm sure it will at some point. Now that I'm oh, yeah. of it, but like, I'm, like if 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 the GM had said no, like then the building wouldn't have caught fire. We would have to come up with some other clever way to get out. Yes, right. We'd be struggling and painstaking, and like fighting. Like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? Uh, 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 and just spending an awful lot of time not playing the not playing the game. Yeah. That's all. That's all I have. That's a, a fairly <laughs> long rant and a fairly yeah passionate. <laughs> um, yes, very. That was very long. Um, and believe me, I totally want to do a whole episode on par- just paranoia. Just paranoia, even a do a full paranoia episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, friend computer. There are there is so much goodness that friend computer has brought to us. I might actually, I will. We, you and I, I think offline, we uh-huh. have to come up with a whole bunch of bullet points, reiterate from the beginning, yeah, how paranoia works and like the, the meta plot and just all the gory, gory details of it. Because <laughs> quite honestly, I feel like a lot of people have heard of paranoia, but they, it's like they have a friend of a friend who once played in a game and yeah. uh, <laughs> it, from, it just spirals. Yeah, and we and what we mentioned today was just basic crash, literally right. crash right. course. Right. Like, like, <laughs> like I said, like the year is t- like the 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 current year cycle is two fourteen. the The previous year was two fourteen. Next year it will be two fourteen. So literally, nobody has nobody in game has any idea how Alpha Complex yeah. has actually been running or why it was even built. Yeah, like, like that's such a deep rabbit hole. Really oh yeah, that yeah, and also that's why it makes me also think we'll make it actually try to do and maybe it'd be very depressing. Do a serious game of paranoia, but that's just it, it's prepare for that would actually be that would actually be really interesting. Um, I mean, we could try it. It would be an interesting way to play, for sure. Yes. Like, I mean, I talked to, to Rasputin about this before. Getting some of our listeners to play games with us so that we can enjoy new and exciting stories. And that might actually be one that we want to share with you. Yes. So, you know, if you're in... That'd be interesting one of these days, yeah. If you would like to try Paranoia and you'd like to try it from a serious perspective, you know, let us know. And oh, yeah. We'll, we'll try to set some... Oh, yeah. As I look over my shoulder... On my in in my cave and looking at all these books and books yeah, and have... books. <laughs> uh, yes, as I longingly stare at these books that I've only read. Short version. Short version for those of you listening at home. Uh, Raspather 
And I have massive collections of RPGs that we've never played. Yeah. Raspather more than I, but I do have my guilty share of them for <laughs> sure. So, oh, yeah. with that, I think we're going to conclude this episode. Yeah. I've been, I have been Banjo. And I have been your friendly dragon Raspather. Uh, you can reach us on Mastodon at username at banjofox.elekk.xyz. Uh, and I also can be reached on Mastodon with at Raspather with the same at endings. So Raspather, R-A-S-P, whatever, whatever. R-A-S-P-A-T-H-I-R elekk.xyz. Yep. And if you missed all that, you can just go to banjo.codes, <laughs> just like it sounds. Find me there, and then I'll direct you to him. Yeah. Eventually, we'll get the website up and blah. blah. And then we'll have everything there. Yes. Uh, and probably post some serious updates. Even I'm going to post some updates on Mastodon yeah, whenever we, I go through. Yeah, our Mastodon. Maybe post pictures of books or maybe <laughs> games I'm playing are there, both either tabletop or, heaven forbid, the stuff that come off the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our Mastodon accounts are generally just uh, shit posting. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next time for episode six. Yeah. Take Have care. a good night, everybody, or whatever time of day maybe see ya bye